Hello and welcome to another thrilling, exciting, on the edge of your seat episode of The Partial Historians. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Greenfield. And I am the radness. Hello, <laughs> bringing the ratification. Indeed I am. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to be looking at the idea, the conceptualization of gladiators. Mm, very popular topic, I think. Hello. Yeah. It's one of those things, I suppose, that um, it often invites comments such as, oh, the Romans, they're so cruel, they're so horrible. <laughs> How could they possibly have ever made people fight to the death? Boo. <laughs> the Romans aren't very nice people. I think we should just <laughs> <laughs> put that out there. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. I love studying Roman history. Mm. I do not want to be a Roman person. No. I mean, I'd like to visit there. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but... <laughs> time, if I could time travel, yeah, totally I, would. I, I would totally take up that yeah. offer. I do not want to stay particularly long. Um, one of one of the interesting cultural aspects of the Roman uh, milieu is gladiators, yes. and and they develop fairly early on, mm. and they have a particular history and a particular association eventually with uh, the imperium and the emperor. Yes, uh, so but they start out as something really totally different. They do. Yeah, they start off as a funeral offering yeah as far as we can tell it seems i mean the thing is we say you know we know how it all started whatever but we're not entirely in, sure in the beginning yeah <laughs> we don't <There> was. <laughs> yeah we don't actually think that the romans invented gladiatorial no, combat possibly something that came from the etruscans i've read possibly mm. or the samnites mm. um so people which was uh yeah sorry you go <laughs> yeah yeah no well um people's of italy prior yeah. to roman civilization developing mm. um both one of the people that the Romans conquered <laughs> eventually. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Nobody's really quite sure. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of evidence for for either of the theories, but they certainly spring up in connection with funerals. They do, yeah. Uh, and you know, some people say um, that I've read that it's some sort of uh, you know, sort of blood offering mm. is the transition of the man once living into the death. Wow. <laughs> so a chthonic ritual kind of, process. Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. Exactly. And uh, we do get evidence from Livy um, mm. in one of the periochi, one of the fragmentary books. Mm. Uh, of which there are many. <laughs> of which there are many. <laughs> yes. Um, who tells us that the first munis, uh, so the first sort of games offering honoring a deceased father yes. uh, is for this guy, Decimus Junius Brutus mm. Pera. Wait, don't tell me. 264? Uh, yeah. Everybody yeah. likes a good Libby date. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, so that, <laughs> so that places us in, like, mid-Republic, early Yeah, Republic. and Rome is certainly, I mean, it's uh, doing all right for itself, but it's <laughs> certainly not... They're, they're not the, they're not at the height of their power no, just yet, when no. this first sort yeah, of gladiatorial their way. Yeah. bout is recorded. Yeah. Right? But they're definitely, I mean, and this is something that I think goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway... They're definitely a very military society. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm shocked. Yeah, I had to break it to you. I'm surprised. But they really like war and like dominating people and stuff. <laughs> what I know. Yeah, so once my you, mind. Once you've wrapped your head around that, <laughs> gladiator shows. I think. I think maybe maybe we can see a bit of a connection. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, it becomes a bit of a sort of a demonstration of 
cardinal virtues mm. um, that Romans are meant to embody. Yeah. And the idea is that by taking conquered peoples and forcing them to fight under Roman-style conditions, sure. you're, in a way, physically and mentally breaking them down into a Roman person, in, mm. in a sense. Not that the, a, a gladiator will ever necessarily transition into being a Roman, sure, um, but the idea that you can somehow dominate and completely uh, obliterate their previous identity by forcing them into this construct of Roman fighting mm. is the par excellence way of showing your own dominance in the area. Absolutely. And it's kind of um, eventually when you get to the point where, you know, crowds are watching this, hmm. um, it, it's kind of, I guess, patriotic in a sense to yeah. watch, to watch um, you know, your, your enemies fighting mm. in the arena and hopefully getting their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, and, and fighting the way the Romans want you to fight. Yeah. And so it's it's the ultimate subjugation mm. of others. Um, but so, originally, because it does have this connection with funeral games, it's not like they're being put on, you know, for like crowds in the Colosseum or anything. Colosseum doesn't exist no. yet either. <laughs> not yes. not but, for a long time. We'll get to that later. But yeah, eventually, um, I, be, I guess... It, from what I understand, people think that the evolution sort of happened in that, you know, at first they're held at these funerals, mm. which obviously would have been, you know, people would have watched. Yeah. Well, it must have been fairly impressive, the first one, because... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gives rise to others, yeah. Because what happens is um, the aristocratic families that attend this first funeral where this gladiatorial combat takes place mm. think that's a marvellous idea <laughs> and start to imitate it. Maybe it's kind of like weddings these days, you know. <laughs> Oh, I want to have that at my funeral. <laughs> I've seen it. I'm going to do it yep. myself. Love it. Love the bag. Mm. Love the shoes. <laughs> love the headgear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The man is ancillary to all of that. Yeah. Um, so the, it sets up this sort of precedent, which other aristocratic families start following. Mm. And it starts... And people start watching, for it sure. It starts to yeah. bleed into the culture more specifically. I mean, obviously, the aristocracy are sort of the bastions of what is culturally acceptable. Yeah. And they have the money to do this kind of they thing. They do. Yeah. And so you can start to see how it would start to bleed down. Yeah, and because they become kind of, you know, a popular thing, obviously people start to twig and go, hmm, perhaps I can use this to my advantage that I can afford <laughs> to throw this gladiator show. Yeah, well, we see what we start to see is this transition from them being held at funerals, which... Mm. Uh, limited attendance to a sure. certain extent um, to families replicating the gladiatorial games from the funeral for the benefit of the public. That is so clever. Um, <laughs> God, that's yeah. <laughs> Do you want a taste of what happened at the funeral? <laughs> just you wait. You know what? I'm just, I just, I can't describe it for you. <laughs> so let me just show you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have been there, but since you weren't allowed, yeah. <laughs> let me put it on for you now. Just as I'm about to be elected. Yeah, exactly. Colin Sutton. <laughs> and I mean, it gets to like this, these crazy things where someone like Caesar, for example, you know, he mm. knows how to work a crowd. <laughs> he knows how to work a crowd. Um, he starts doing these sorts of things in memory of, like, say, his aunt, who happened to pass away quite some time before <laughs> his election. But, yeah. you know... It's a commemoration. I just, I've just been so busy, like being abducted by pirates and you know forming alliances and breaking them that I've totally forgot to show you guys. <laughs> you did not see the yeah. gladiatorial combat that oh, well, I did. Well, I, I should rectify that, like right now. And the fact that I'm being elected soon, nothing to do with it. 
so we do start to see this transition. So we've got this sort of um, start date, if if you want to believe Livy, yeah. um, which Valerius Maximus does. So why not? Um, Indeed. I don't have a better let's suggestion. Say, <laughs> let's say. Can we trust the evidence? Nobody knows. Um, by the time we get to Caesar, we're dealing, like, we're about 200 years into the future. So sure. gladiatorial games have sort of taken on a much more public character. Yeah. People are moving them around, having them at funerals, having them again repeated mm-hmm. um, prior to elections. But they really start to take off in a really significant way with Julius Caesar. So yeah. around about 42 yeah. BC. Absolutely. And as time continues to tick away... Um, it also becomes more and more the prerogative of the imperial family. Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, we're on the cusp. In 42, we're on the cusp of this transition that's going to lead us into the imperial period anyway. And what we're starting to see is magistrates holding gladiatorial combats as part of the official games that they do anyway. Yeah, so they're starting things like chariot races. Yeah, Yeah. so they're starting to incorporate a gladiatorial component into, into the games. Into yeah. the games. Yeah. And so it's starting to very much bleed into the public arena. Yeah. And I mean, let's face it, the games are public. I'm just going to keep saying bleed into yeah. you pick up what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> Sorry. A bit slow on the uptake. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I just realized I've done it like two or three times now. I'm like, stop doing that. I just thought you really like saying bleed. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of blood. I'm being taken over by the imagery. Actually, you know... I think you raise a good point there. Oh, in that <laughs> earlier on, you know, in, before we get right right into the imperial period, where yep. it's just like you know blood extravaganzas or whatever, <laughs> it's not necessarily a fight to the death. And this is something no. that I think comes across more in, uh, let's say, Spartacus, nineteen sixty version, copyright, as opposed to <laughs> things like Gladiator, which are much later on. Spartacus being set in the Republic. Um, mm. I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but the story goes that, you know, it's kind of a, a bit of a special and a bit of a shocking request that when Crassus visits um, Batiaris' gladiator school for the first time, that he actually requests a show to the death. Yes. It's not necessarily the way things were, you know, at that point in time. It was generally maybe fighting to first blood. So, you know, the first time someone, you know, gets a nasty old cut. Yeah, yeah. And and this is where we don't know. There are gaps in the tradition for yeah. the history of gladiators because while they start out as this sort of funeral offering, if you like, yeah. we're not sure if they fight to the death in those no. scenarios. No, exactly. But what we see and clearly is the case when we're heading into the late Republic is that we have the advent of the Lannister. Yes. The one who manages and... And if not owns, but then is at least looking after them for whoever does own them. Yes. And and so we have this sense in which they are not only property, um, but the gladiatorial gladiators are they afford money revenue. So yeah. you don't necessarily want to have them fighting to the death every time you send them into the arena. No, well that's because the that would be a poor investment yeah. of I mean, your time and money. I suppose we should probably say something a little bit about the status of gladiators, mm. um, just in case you know, just those who don't know um gladiators are you know to be a gladiator you're essentially you are a slave you know you have no rights oh um, yeah you're the yeah. low of the low yeah. um even in the event that you may survive to the point where you don't have to fight anymore yeah. there's still leeway time about two to five years before you can be manumitted yeah so released from your enslavery and even then you can't go for citizenship yeah, exactly. Like gladiators, you can't like, join the army. Yeah, like like other slaves and like people like prostitutes, um, you are someone who is you know in farmia. You mm. are the as you said the lowest of the low, mm. and you are not protected in the same way that like a Roman citizen is protected. So mm. let's say you know let's say that we're both Roman citizens, Doctor G. <laughs> 
Well, let's. Yeah, let's. Side to, side Am side I a man to. in this scenario? Sure, why not? <laughs> if I decide to rough you up a little bit. Huh. There's going to be consequences because you're a citizen and you're protected. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. let's just say that unfortunately for you, oh, <laughs> you're a gladiator. If I do something bad to you, there's mm. no repercussion. <laughs> No, I can do what I want no, to. but presumably <laughs> yeah. I would have been wise enough to keep myself fit. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you could I, be in trouble. Whatever, <laughs> I could be like Crassus in Spider-Man then... Sand. I'm all tough and stuff. I fight gladiators. <laughs> but as a gladiator, it's not really in my interest to fight back too much because there are right. no protections for me, and no. I, they will kill me. No, and that's just it. Like to be, to become a gladiator, like there, you know, um, there are certainly, um, particularly later on. There are these um, sort of bizarre circumstances, I suppose, <laughs> in our minds, where people mm-hmm. volunteer to become gladiators. Whether, uh, it's, yes. whether it's because, uh, you know, of the glamour of the lifestyle, uh, which, we'll, <laughs> which, we, which we'll come back to, or whether it's for um, such as, again, going back to the TV series, Spartacus Blood and Sand, character of someone like Varro, who's in debt mm. and is going to, thinks that, you know, fighting as a gladiator is a way to get out, because gladiators did get a certain amount of money from their fights as well. Yeah. Um, depending on, you know, how good you are, it depends on how much money you get. Um, but yeah, there was a potential to start earning good money. We do see, yeah. <laughs> and, and we do see it, talking about this idea of people volunteering to be gladiators, yeah. even though essentially it, it sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, putting your own body at risk. Yeah, and giving um, up your rights. And giving up yeah. your rights yeah. as a citizen. Yeah. Uh, why would anybody do it? Yeah. Um, there is this sense in which as time goes on, and particularly as we drift further into the imperial period, that the values associated with the gladiator become part of the quintessential idea of what it means to be a Roman citizen. Yeah, because so, the, the gladiator, and this is why I suppose we're kind of dancing a little bit at this point, because the thing about gladiators is that they are at the same time like sort of idolized <laughs> and famous and glamorous in some ways. Mm. And so, you know, up on a pedestal in some ways, but at the same time, you know, Completely social, reviled. Yeah, exactly. Like disgusting. You know, and Lannisters, because they manage um, gladiatorial troops, they're also the lowest. Of the <laughs> Everybody's disgusting. You know, so yeah. it's a weird dichotomy. There is yeah. this very, very strange double edge yeah. to, to a gladiator because, on the one hand, they represent <laughs> they do a gladiator so <laughs> this <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to take these jokes to the hilt just yeah. yet. Um, oh, God. <laughs> but we do get this sense in which gladiators <laughs> become associated with virtus, bravery, yes. clementia, yep. leniency, mm-hmm. and justitia, justice. Mm, yeah. And and these qualities are... Oh, admirable. Are yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And, and they're the sorts of qualities that a lot of Roman citizens and the aristocratic citizens in particular co-opt in their own rhetoric about themselves all the time. Yeah, and so in a sense, I suppose, the fact that these big games end up being put on for the public it's almost like showing them what kind of, you know what what it means to be a roman what you should be aspiring to be a roman what you should be proud about about being a roman you know it's but whatever you do don't be a gladiator no because uh, i mean this is one of the things like according to one of our sources um petronius um mm. uh, a newly recruited gladiator had to take an oath where they had to swear that they would endure branding chains flogging or death by the sword to follow their master's orders without question and to pay for the food and drink they received with their blood and you know that's that's pretty extreme. You know that's it's giving up a lot of stuff. It's not a leeway. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. a slave. Exactly. Are you going to be able to disagree? No. No. And I mean, obviously, some people, um, you know, some people when we say they're slaves, they're slaves because they're say POWs, for example. Uh-huh. You know, not necessarily like born into slavery and they get shafted to a gladiator school because that's where they'll be, you know, of misuse mm. or whatever. It's it could also be that you just unfortunately wound up in this situation, which maybe. 
side note, what happened to Spartacus? Mm. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah, but we do see this. Uh, the, there are regulations brought in to prevent Roman citizens from going into gladiatorial combat. Absolutely. Um, yeah. uh, they definitely try to clamp down on this sort of stuff. Especially, it happens, the, especially the higher class. People. Yeah, it yeah. happens under Augustus, and they try to forbid the aristocracy aristocratic uh, young I suppose yeah I'm guessing it's not the older men um, <laughs> that's just a guess yeah um, from from entering or appearing as gladiators so even going through the motions of acting as though one is a gladiator mm. um, even if one isn't actually participating in events yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all bad it's all bad you don't want to be emulating that kind of yeah, person yeah yeah um there is a sense in which there is a, a sort of a toing and froing between uh, will we have gladiatorial combats without mercy mm. as opposed to with mercy? Yeah. Some are advocates for, some are advocates against. This yeah. becomes a contested issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, perhaps, and in line with the film Gladiator, Commodus mm. is the only princeps. Um, yes. who fought openly as a gladiator. And that's perhaps where we, get, the, we get this story. Like, gladiators, because of their sort of, you know, very strange status, um, they can also be regarded as kind of, I don't want to say magical, but there's something about them that's powerful, you know. And so we get this story about... Oh, look, women are vilified when they're attracted to gladiators. Yeah. Juvenile satires oh, oh, I've got that here. particularly I've got that here. biting. <laughs> yeah. Um, the mythic prowess of the gladiator. If the gladiator stands in as a symbol for everything that is quintessentially Roman and yet ought to be reviled at the same time for the body that inhabits yeah, those I qualities. Think also, I think also the fact that they are kind of risking their life on such a regular basis. Mm. Um, yeah, they kind of stand, I guess, it kind of between the living and the dead. <laughs> like we do get they this story. They inhabit this liminal space where yeah. they must live in the moment. Yeah, exactly. And so you get this story about perhaps trying to explain why Commodus, you know, was the only Brinkeps to... <laughs> well, he wanted to bring the gladiatorial ideal into part of the imperial majesty. Yeah, but you have that story, remember, I think we talked about it when we did talk about um, Gladiator, where... Um, his mother, Faustina, Marcus mm. Aurelius's wife, um, she apparently conceived, you know, well, conceived of a very strong lust for, <laughs> for a gladiator, and the cure was said to be to bathe in gladiator's blood and then have sex with her husband. And the result of that was Commodus. <laughs> so, Perhaps it's unsurprising. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall that story from the previous episodes. Okay. Uh, well, that's, that's a good that's one. That's perhaps trying to explain why <laughs> Commodus turned out the way he did. <laughs> A bit of uh, gladiator blood got mixed in with, the, yeah, with yeah. the whole issue. But that's not the only time that you would find a reference to gladiator blood mm. being used, you know, in some sort of, I don't know, not medicine, but yeah, yeah. You know, being used in like, sort of a mystical way. You know, yeah. the idea that it has some sort of power. Well, it's interesting that he tried it because it seems to put the citizens offside. Yeah. Um, according to Dio. Even though this um, is far, far down the track. Yeah. yeah. So Dio is our source for this and... and Although uh, he goes into the details that, you know, uh, Commodus only fights with a wooden sword, you know, yeah. he sort of, he's interested in associating the ideas with the concept of the princeps. Yeah. Um, everybody else is sort of like, that's too far. Yeah. That's just too yeah. far. And, and <laughs> now then, you've done it. Now you've done yeah. it. <laughs> People are like, I'm getting out of this amphitheater. I do not want to see this. <laughs> uh, which is really quite fascinating. Um, but I think the, the evidence from juveniles is probably worth going into. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because Juvenal writes this particularly famous piece about, um, I suppose, Roman women and their what they why they like gladiators so much. Mm. Um, and he talks about um, this particular senator's wife called Ethia, 
Mm. Um, and he said, and basically he's saying you know, she's she's willing to give up, you know, her status as a you know citizen woman as a wife of a senator. I mean, you know, you can't get much higher than that unless you're the wife of the em- emperor himself. <laughs> um, she's willing, you know, her children, all her like all those, you know. Important duties. Yeah, yeah. Everything that makes her a Roman matron yeah. of respectable status. Exactly. What, what, what does she give it up for? This is what he says. What was the useful charm that Epia found so enchanting? What did she see worthwhile being labelled the gladiatress? This dear boy had begun to shave long ago, and one arm, wounded, gave hope of retirement. Besides, he was frightfully ugly, scarred by his helmet, <laughs> a wart on his nose, and his eyes always running. Gladiators, though, look better than Adonis. This is what she preferred to children, country, and sister. This to her husband. The, the sword is what they dote on these women. Mm. So basically saying the gladiator, unsurprisingly, is kind of scarred and beaten up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but because he is a gladiator, she, the, her feelings of lust cannot be overcome. <laughs> well, I think there has to be a real distinction to be made about how senators go about their lives versus, <laughs> versus the way a gladiator goes about their life. Yes. Um, I guess there'd be certain and types have, of appeal that could We have, like, zero sources, obviously, from the gladiator point of view. Yes. Yeah. Everything we have... Hate to break it of... to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, this is all, obviously, like, on the Romans, <laughs> you know. Yeah, how yeah. They see, how they talk about the games, how they see them as gladiators. Yeah, so, I mean, there's... One of the ways in which the gladiators function is through the munus gladiatorium. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of a gift to the gods, yeah. essentially, that happens in public. So this is the sort of the construction around which it's permissible to yeah, cause have gladiators the on display. The games themselves are generally seen as, you know, sometimes they, they do have that connection, you know, whether they're a chariot race or whatever mm. else, to some sort of, you know, festival or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And we start to see this idea that, that we gradually see this immersion of the Munera into the circuses and the games. Yep. And then we start to see specific emperors having certain rulings about what happens in these sorts of games. Sure. Um, in fact, even just the fact that uh, eventually, I think it's, an, is it Domitian who says that basically only people from, like only he can put on the games? Yeah. they're so popular. We start to yeah. get um, the emperors starting to take more and more control. Because they're so over, popular. Because yeah. of the popularity yeah. of these games. So under Augustus, for instance, so this is going back into about sort of like 22 BC. Sure. Um, so right at the beginning of the imperial period. Yeah. Um, um, he talks. He he basically makes it something that the praetors are allowed to do. Mm-hmm. So military generals are allowed to um, hold these minera with a maximum cap of about 120 gladiators. Yeah, because you know originally what was meant to be you know like maybe a pair or two <laughs> <laughs> rapidly <laughs> multiplied like rabbits. <laughs> yes, the gladiatorial games are much bigger now than they used to be. Yeah. Um, you're also still allowed to have private games um, yeah. as long as you had the. Authorization from the Senate. Sure. Read Augustus. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. You know, when the sources tell you that and it's Augustus. Yeah, well, some people actually owned, like, their own gladiator troupe. Like, yeah. Caesar, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he have his own gladiators? And that was kind of a cause for concern. They're like, uh-oh. Oh, no. He had, like, a private police. Not, <laughs> not police force. He had, like, private armed men. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Um, Tiberius, however, um, mm. I hate to break it to you, your favourite. I know he's a bit um, stingy with the games. I know. Uh, <laughs> 
He never holds a Munus at his own expense. Well, he's thrifty. Way to call popularity with the people, Tiberius. Yeah, well, okay, let's just get it out there and say. The emperors that don't put on games, not particularly popular in the With sources. anybody. Yeah. However, <laughs> I would just like to point out that if Tiberius hadn't been careful and saved all those pennies, <laughs> then Caligula couldn't have blown the lot <laughs> later on. <laughs> Maybe it would have been wise to spend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He also instituted a ruling where anybody from the equestrian or senatorial class who volunteered to be a gladiator were exiled. Not surprising. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. wow. Shameful stuff, really. I know, going from the height to the low. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, it seems that um, we can read by implication that Tiberius also reduced the amount of games that the praetors were allowed to hold. Sure. Um, because under Caligula, the Munera were reallotted. Um, so redistributed, so making it think that something's gone on there. Yeah. Um, Nero seems to have not minded Minera, but he preferred Greek style games. <laughs> Good. Su- surprise. What a sissy boy. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Mummy Nero. <laughs> oh, that's right. You can't. You killed her. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. well, yeah. You know. Anyway, yes, I get what you mean. <laughs> and Domitian kind of likes stuff that was, um, I mean, as as you can expect with anything like this, as time goes on, you kind of have to invent new ways to keep the popularity alive and keep them interesting. And so people like Domitian like to put some unusual things mm. into their games, like like female gladiators or dwarves mm. fighting. You know, not just fine male specimens of strength <laughs> men from the exiles yeah. and the regions on Which the edges it's interesting when you think about what you were saying before about you know the games having those ties to those admirable virtues like yeah. how the Romans feel about it when it's a woman fighting mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. I could only speculate but yeah. I imagine there's a conflict there yeah there'd be co- there'd be a lot of dinner party conversation over that <laughs> one um, Vespasian and and Titus and Domitian are are also responsible, like, for the building of the Colosseum. Mm. Um, so, and they inaugurate that with a bunch of gladiatorial games. So, uh, so we're up to, like, what, about 80 AD at this stage. Sure. And so by the time you get the Colosseum, we've got this firm entrenchment of yeah. gladiatorial combat associated with the imperial families. Yeah. And even though, um, you know, we're talking a lot about, obviously, obviously the games were popular, or why would you bother to put them on? Uh, and, you know, there's a huge amount of money that goes into these Well, things, things just get out of hand, though. I'm like, in 107, yeah. Trajan celebrates his conquest of Dacia. Oh, God, I remember this, yeah. With like horrible slaughter. With, <laughs> with a munus of 123 days long, with 10,000 gladiators. Like a, oh, my God, it's like a third of a year. <laughs> <laughs> just keep turning up, people. Just keep rocking. Oh, no wonder he's so loved. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, I suppose. It's interesting that the games become so huge right when there aren't that many foreign conquests going yeah. on. Like, they're still happening, but not to the extent that was happening yeah. in the Republic, yeah. you know, where it was just like, boom, we took you, boom, we took you, ha, we got you. We're going to raise your city to the ground, and so it was salt, so that nothing ever grows again. You know, it's not quite at that scale. No. <laughs> um, but it is interesting that you might have a, a disproportionate amount of gladiatorial combat taking place um, to compensate, perhaps, for what is a small gain. Yeah, essentially, exactly. And also perhaps like a lack of military conquest to brag about. So therefore... Oh, ouch. Well... Dacia's important. No, no, I'm not talking about Trajan. I'm talking about <laughs> the other people. Yeah, other people have, you know, very maybe very little to talk about. And so to sort of keep this sort of military, these military virtues and, mm. you know, that sort of thing going, 
gladiator combat might be one way to sort of substitute, I suppose. Yeah, well, as as the empire expands and more of the activity military-wise is happening at the periphery and more of the armed forces themselves are sort of taken up with people from those provinces rather than the people in the centre, yeah. uh, the more important it becomes to have these displays in Rome yes. uh, for the citizens who are so distanced from what is actually happening at the edges of their own empire. Yeah, and I, I suppose the other thing to maybe note is that we're talking obviously about you know how popular they are and all that kind of stuff. Um, but on the other hand, we probably should acknowledge that not it doesn't mean that obviously everyone in the Roman world thought the games were great. No. Um, or the, sorry, thought that gladiator fights were great. In fact, um, you know, notably, I suppose Cicero kind mm. of wrote them off as being for you know silly women and that. Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but he did write them off partly because he didn't like hanging out with crowds. Sure, um, it, was, it was a bit of a misanthrope for yeah. the crowd. So yeah. you know, definitely, uh, there is that criticism. But yeah, there there is a steady stream of criticism in the literature. Yes. Um, and coming from sort of philosophical basis as well. And we sort of see this also come through with Marcus Aurelius, mm. who himself is not uh, a, a sort of a proponent for gladiatorial combat. Um, he forces them to fight with blunt weapons only. Well, it takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and sort of was interested in um, having them trained for proper combat, well, didn't rather he actually, than just for display. Didn't he actually use gladiators in some of his wars? Yeah, th- this is why the training of gladiators becomes incredibly expensive yeah. under Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> but he sees military potential there, yeah. which is, I'm surprised nobody got there before. Uh, <laughs> and that's the thing, you can sort of see how, in the beginning, um, you know, gladiators were um, perhaps rarer, more expensive commodities, um, and it was... You know, a lot of it was to do with the kind of show of swordsmanship and that sort of thing that they could put on. Mm. And so you, it wouldn't be in your interest to train this man, you know, for however long and then have him die in the first combat. <laughs> so there is sort of an interest, a vested interest in looking after them. So they certainly mm. were the best when it came to, like, medical treatment. Yeah. Their diet was very strictly regulated. In fact, I believe there's some evidence that they were vegan. Just putting it out there. Wow. Yeah. They were known as like the barley men. And um, yeah, yeah um, from like the gladiator graveyard that was found, um, I think in Ephesus, mm-hmm. um, where they had like 300 gladiator skeletons. They just detected from sort of the level, you know, of vitamins and minerals and zinc and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Very um, nice. That they seem to have been maybe vegans. Um, but anyway, that's by the by. <laughs> As time goes on and, you know, the spectacle is becoming bigger, your chances of surviving, you know, <laughs> Gladiatorial combat, I think, as a gladiator, sort of go down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. unfortunate, but yeah. more numbers means that there's more risk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good place to, to wrap up our examination of gladiators. Indeed. To be honest. Um, I suppose I would like, before we go, mm. I would like to ask you a question. Oh, that please we, we sort do. of started off with to bring it full circle. Yes. Um, so, you know, we said about the gladiator games being something that people struggle with when it comes to Rome in particular. Yes. Um, do you agree with some scholars who suggest that gladiator games are the real thing, whereas we are sort of bought off with, you know, substitutes like violent films, but there's no real difference in that craving to see violence? I, I think there is some essence, perhaps, that, that is at the heart of humans, yeah. which is which is violence. I think that's part of who we are. Yeah, and I guess just watching watching some sort of struggle where there's going to be a winner and a loser and who you're rooting for. Yeah, kind of I, I, think, I think we're essentially more distanced from it because 
the violence that we participate in as viewers now we know it, it's fake we we yeah. tend to participate in fake violence yeah um it has all of the hallmarks of possible violence um but we have a disconnect where we understand or assume that yeah. real violence is not happening yeah and i think when real violence does happen it's horrifying in, it, it's completely horrifying yeah um in many respects mm. so i think that's the main difference uh, there's still there's still something that seems to be attractive yeah. about it. it it compels and repulses at the same time there's yeah. something in human nature i think to be said for that yeah and i mean it takes even you know christianity comes in and it, it takes a while to wipe these things out like you know mm. christian writers um th- there are certainly christians who are in favor of the games but there were certainly christians who started well, to speak out well the christians become one of the focal points yeah. for the games in in a sense, well, yes, um, they start being chucked into the yeah. gladiatorial <laughs> arena as as criminals, yeah, and and left to fend for themselves, yeah. and and that's another level of horrific violence that absolutely doesn't yeah. really bear going into. Um, but eventually, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, where, when Christianity has been adopted as the main religion of the Roman Empire, mm. um, roughly a hundred years or so, we kind of get the official ban that's meant to sort of shut it all down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where I'd like to wrap up. If that's okay. <laughs> certainly, the closing certainly. down of the Gladiator Games about it's I all about, over about six hundred years, I guess. Yeah, in, in yeah, yeah. Anyway, good talking to you as always, Doctor <laughs> G. Likewise. <laughs>